Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today we have a very special episode uh, for many reasons. One, we're joined by our good friend Ben Little from Four Score Beer, who we have, we've dropped little tiny hints about this so far, uh, but we have not announced it yet. This may actually be what's announced it. I don't know. Something may have already been posted on Instagram or someplace, and uh, there is something in the paper this morning, as long as I edit this quickly enough to get released uh, tomorrow. Um, then we're also joined by Brian Voltaggio, celebrity chef, entrepreneur, there's probably other things, TV star, uh, that's enough. That's enough, man. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, also, a Fredericktonian, the nicest yes, place in the world. That's to live. most important. Yes. So we made a beer that uh, we want to talk about, and then we're also going to talk about Brian to introduce any of you who might not know who he is, but you probably do, because um, he's, and especially in this area, very well known. But. Why don't we kick off with Ben, you telling us a little bit about the beer. So the beer is kind of inspired by the dessert kind of combination we came up with um, that includes blood oranges, um, coconut, kind of an ice cream sorbet feel to it, as well as like a cookie crumble. So, you know, we do quite a bit of that kind of stuff here these days. It was pretty easy to incorporate all that. The only thing we added a little bit of extra to was a different, couple different other kinds of oranges since blood orange itself in that level would come across quite tart uh, and, and almost distracting to the other flavors. So we also added just some standard, I think it's Valencia orange puree as well as some Caracara orange puree to the project. Um, it has our you know pretty standard high ABB sour base to it, uh, which after everything it's blended right now, we're getting ready. It actually is toast. It was sitting on uh, toasted coconut, uh, over 150 pounds of toasted coconut, uh, for about five days now. So we're getting ready to take it off that today and send it on to all of that orange puree, uh, probably just in a couple hours here. So for, uh, the 25 more or more years I've been cooking, I've never once had in my kitchen, 150 pounds of coconut at one time. <laughs> So <laughs> you were cooking in bigger batches than I am for sure, sir. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And yeah. thankful, thankfully, we picked the right brewery for mm. cramming fruit into beer. Uh, that's one of Ben's specialties. Uh, so he knew that we couldn't just use blood orange because I, I, I imagine there are some people who probably would have just crammed a full blood orange. We would have mm. taken a sip and then decided that uh, – boy this was a bad idea it's, yeah uh, no i i love that you sell the foresight in that and that you use cara cara to round it out so we use um ironically i mean i know we're talking about a dish that we're going to pair this very specifically with but um i have a dish on um menu in one of the restaurants right now that is very citrus focused and so it has Meyer lemon it has cara cara orange it has blood orange it has ruby grapefruit and it has all of these different citruses because then you can play off of each other with it's a beet dish. So beets are very earthy and you have the citrus on top of it. And then and then ironically, coconut in that dish, too, as well. So a lot of the same flavor profiles. And so, um, you know, for me, I just 
I, I love the the fact that Brewer Chef there um, that you're thinking about you know that and and foresight and it's foresight uh, of the finished product. So I have a lot of questions. I know I know everybody has questions, but you know what when when you're taking on a project like this, and I don't want to you know commandeer this or not because I'm just interested as a chef because I'm always working on food pairings and and beverages. How do you start the process? Like, what, what is it that you're, I mean, I know we gave you some ingredients. I know we gave you the dessert. I know that you had sort of an idea of like, you know, how to put it together, but how do you get there? Like you're making such a big batch of beer, right? Like, you know, you're throwing kind of cautions at a win and I get it, but it's one thing to beer, to brew a beer that you like, you know what I mean? That you're going to love the flavor profiles and you have a vision, but then you have to like do it in a way where it's going to work with something else. What's your process? I think with this kind of stuff, what we've done here mostly is I don't drink a lot of this style of beer. I, I go home, mm -hmm. I drink High Life, I drink Modelo. Um, so my whole thing here for a long time was trying to the, – the biggest, I guess, hurdle was brewing a beer that's not something that's to my profile. So mm -hmm. trying to figure out what our you know public wants from me and from us was a really good learning experience for me. Um, and recognizing, you know, part of this factor, it's a business. So I'm making stuff for me, but I'm also making stuff to sell. So mm. over the time that this place has existed, the, the fruited sour line that we've had, it's gone through quite a bit of change. Um, in the beginning, it was purely fermented. It was all done in one tank. It wasn't able to ever be canned. Uh, so we've moved from that point to here. So over that time, I've been able to learn a lot. And I think, um, I think something you can definitely appreciate this is you've got to know what ingredients you're working with. Uh, mm have some familiarity, have some favorites, have some comfort level, and just know how things play off of each other. Uh, knowing that, you know, X is going to bring Y out of this other ingredient is, I think, key in something like this. Uh, and then knowing that, like, specifically, we use toasted coconut flakes because those toasted coconut flakes are going to bring a lot more of a cookie aspect to things. They're going to mm -hmm. bring some cookie backbone and some of that, like, baked good sense, where if I use just regular coconut flakes, just unsweetened coconut flakes, it would be much more kind of, you know, suntan lotion-esque uh, right. beach drink kind of thing going on. So I think with this, it's just, you know, knowing the concept is great for me. Like somebody putting together, you know, what is this thing going to look like as a whole and me knowing what ingredients I have to use to get there to match it or come close to that same exact flavor profile. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And he, yeah, I mean, very much. Go ahead. And he yeah, is sorry. for. And is there any fruit you haven't crammed into a beer yet? Ah, uh, you know, I'm actually. I just got pomegranate for the first time. Um, gonna work with some prickly pear soon. I uh, love. Have you? I love prickly pear and beer. I, I I know Mike and Idiom just did some work with it. It was uh, real. That I will bring you up some whenever I come. You have to try that beer. It is really good because I had it in um actually a seltzer for the first time from uh, oh, wow. untitled art had uh seltzer with prickly pear in it and it was phenomenal and that that beer lush with prickly pear in it is really really good i can see that working well and we just brought in some Meyer lemon too i got a project coming up with another brewery um that we're brewing this upcoming week so it's stuff like that. I've used that on a very small scale, but trying to bring something like Meyer lemon to a big scale into a beer is going to be unique. Um, I know there's some breweries that with lemon and lime in general, don't actually sour their beer. 
They just use that as purely the sour aspect of it. And it brings plenty of acidity. It brings plenty of tartness without having any, you know, lactic bacteria in it. And I'm glad you pointed out uh, that you don't drink these beers because I, I, I was going to throw you under the bus and be like, well, Ben actually actually Ben actually hates the beer he makes. <laughs> Except for a few of them. I was going to say, I crushed my box yesterday and uh, some of the corn lager we just did. I, I, those things are... That's up my alley. <laughs> Thankfully, though, um, there is a large population of people buying beer that don't have the same opinion as uh, Ben, and they want uh, ugly, clumpy beer that is filled with fruit. So, yeah, so why? <laughs> um, so, what, what is? What, where do you think this took off? Like, who started this? I like um what brewery started like making all of this yeah like well just it's just i i feel like it's been in the last what like maybe three years you're starting to see yeah. more and more of it and and i'm just wondering you know why this trend is kicked off it's I mean, people I'm not opposed who, to it i think it's great it's know, people who don't like beer new interesting beer is that what it is? A lot really? of it, yeah. A lot of a lot of it is people who don't so, like beer because they taste it and like, wow, okay. this doesn't even taste Makes like sense. beer. <laughs> okay. All right, got it. Like, I, I was just curious because all of a sudden I'm just seeing everybody heading in this direction like really fast, and that's true with anything, right? I mean, even in food, if I'm putting on a new menu item and it's a new ingredient, um, you start to see it, and, and seasonality, of course, but you yeah. start to see it pop up on menus all over the place, and you're like, wow, like, you know, it's morel season, of course, you're going to be on every menu. Um, so I was just curious if that's, you know, just what it was. It was just people who just don't like beer. Okay, that makes I mean, sense. <laughs> it, like, I, that's obviously a blanket statement that doesn't completely no, alter. There's plenty of beer lovers who do love that beer, too. Uh, there are also plenty of beer lovers that whine incessantly that they wish breweries would right. stick to making beer instead of making uh, fruit, fruit puree with a little bit of alcohol added in. Um, so do you think that trend was developed because of direct consumer from the brewer to the consumer? Because you, know, you have, you know, every brewery has tasting rooms. I know that that goes years and years back, but I mean, more so now, like more so now you're, you're brewing direct to consumer and not, you know, to a restaurant, not to, you know, a liquor store. So you're, 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 you're getting that instantaneous feedback. You're having guests come in and be like, I don't like beer, but I'm being dragged down to this brewery to drink. And so is that why it developed? I, I do think that's part of it, but I also think like the proliferation of seltzer, um, which wasn't a thing, yeah. you know? I, I think yeah. that brought a new crowd into liquor stores looking for, you know, certain things that are different and they're more fruit forward. And then I think that a few breweries were experimenting. I know like lo locally Burley Oak was one of the first ones in the nation basically doing this style, if not the first, uh, in terms of, the, you know, overly fruited kettle sour. Right. And I think mm -hmm. from there, it's like, oh, this new door is potentially open. And I, I think we all know that the general public likes a lot of processed flavors. Um, they like a lot of things mm -hmm. that are, you know, sweet and really I guess indulgent. So I think this just goes right down, you know, it, it, it's a, a fastball right down the center, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's tough to do because it's tough to understand how everything plays off each other. And so many people miss on it and, or look at it in a way that's completely profit induced or something like that. And, and those are ways where you're going to miss on this style. And I think that's why yeah. there's so many so far that have tried to like put a toe in, and that's not going to do it. Uh, you're not going to get there with just a toe. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I have to say though, like, there's 
you know, I believe, despite the fact that we all like to drink beer, beer, right? <laughs> beer tastes like beer. But um, but I think that what it does do is it opens up the door for a conversation like we're having now. So you can get very food specific, you know, to to a pairing, which I think is is really cool because you are able to layer in all of these flavors that traditionally were not necessarily used, um, making beer become more food friendly. And I'm not just talking about the the sessional I'm having, you know, barbecue and we're going to just crush beer all day. Yeah. I'm talking about like getting very specific, like this dessert. So, um, I think though, that opens up a whole new door for that, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, you know, especially as a chef, because, you know, as a, as a chef, I'm talking like, I mean, I went to culinary school, gee, maybe one of you or might've been in high school. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, I went to culinary school a long time ago and started learning about food and wine pairings. And that was always what it was about. It was just food and wine. And now it's about food and beer and food and cocktails and food and seltzer. So things are different now. And I think it opens up a whole new door for us to be creative, which is pretty awesome. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. And I, th- I mean, if anything, these beers have made it very easy for places who do a lot of multi-course beer dinners to pair mm-hmm. something with dessert. Right. <laughs> so that that's um. So I guess we should talk about that real like for a little bit. That this mm-hmm. this beer is one hundred percent inspired by a dessert from showroom in Frederick, which is <clears throat> got its name because it used to be a car dealership uh, and is now a one of the restaurants that uh, Brian is executive chef at. And it was um, a blood orange. Actually, it came from a text message from uh, Ken, who manages District East, uh, a mm-hmm. picture of the dessert. And I was like, well, that sounds great. That would make a good beer. So, and Ben was like, yeah, yeah I can do it. whatever, whatever you need. Uh, just tell me what you, what you want the flavors to be. I, I think that the dessert hits on every, you know, every, uh, every note that everybody's looking for in, in these fruit sour beers, blood orange, meringue, tart, vanilla tart, shell, blood orange, curd, just Italian meringue. Like, like who doesn't like all of those flavors? And, you know, going back to what you just said earlier is that people are looking for that indulgence. And, you know, dessert is typically where it is, right? So, um, you know, that's that, like, completion of the extravagant experience, you know, of going out to a restaurant versus trying to cook at home or order like we did all these crazy things over last year, right? So, um, 
I think now more it's important that we can have these fun, you know, sort of collaborations because people are itching to get out and try new things. You know, they've, um, you know, for me, I'm starting to see personally and fortunate for this conversation, more beer and wine sales than I've ever, I'm sorry, more beer and cocktail sales than I've ever seen in restaurants. It's because everybody drank wine and beer, like all you know, the whole time, you know, the whole time that they were on, um, in quarantine. Right. So, you know, now getting really creative with things and, and, and we're starting to see more gravitation towards that. Like our beer program has dramatically increased in restaurants, our, our, our cocktail program through the roof. Like it's, it's completely different. So, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, the, this, this collaboration is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I've, I've done this a few times. Um, you know, I've, I've made a couple of beers in the past with some other brewers, um, you know, around the area. Um, but this one's very specific, which I like, you know, th- there's, those were more general. Like we, we, I paired one time with barbecue, a flying dog. It was just kind of like this, you know, this, this ben, beer you, that had subtle smoke to it. Were you there What's during that? that, Ben? Were I you? Was. Oh, well, yeah, ben, ben. Yeah, so Ben worked that yeah, flying dog there, back right? then. So remember that? So it was like that subtle, like smoke, because you know, ironically, I was on Top Chef in two thousand and when did I do that one? The first one, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And Stone was the the you know one of the like supporters of the show, right? And so this is where this all comes from. It's pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> but um, so when we got done shooting, like we go back to the cast house and we'd hang out and they did reality. Well, there's, you know, there's beer, there's wine, there's, you know, a few other things. And everybody always went and they crushed all the like drinkable beer, like, you know, the lagers, pilsners and all of that from stone. All that was ever left. If you were last to the fridge was stone smoked Porter. <laughs> like after being in the kitchen all day, you're just like, yeah, cool. Let's get a smoke Porter and crush that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, that sucked. So I ended up not liking smoked beer um, for a really long time. And because of that. And so it was a challenge for me personally. I was like, I want to I want to make a beer, you know, with these guys. It's going to pair perfect with backyard barbecues, like a little subtle smoke. So when you're, you know, you're eating that you know, Carolina style chopped pork, you're like you're getting those like subtle hints. But yet it's lean enough. It has a nice, enough acid, you know, from that smoke element that cuts through that fat in a barbecue. And that was a whole idea. Like, that's the reason why we did that. And it was more for general drinking, not supposed to, you know, specific, like what we're, we're talking about today with this, you know, very, I think, you know, very intricate pairing, which I think is going to be really cool. If I remember correctly, that was like lightly smoked, right? Very lightly smoked. Yeah, because I yeah. hate, 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 hate smoked beers. Um, yeah, no, but so I actually, I, 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 I did <laughs> I actually like, if I remember correctly, I did actually like that beer. Cause it was like the slightest little hint. And as long as you paired it with food, right. it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With yeah. The, that was cool. The... I remember there were, and I can't even remember what it was for, but flying dog had some kind of big event that I, thankfully I, I was lucky enough to get invited to. It was like, Oh, was the, was it that when they used to have the backyard symposium before, um, yeah before uh savor right like it was the yes. day before savor they would have mm-hmm. it um and that beer came out and then you were there serving up barbecue it was a really fun event. right yeah it was a fun event it was cool and and i got a like character of you know from 
Ralph Steadman, you know, drew me. So I was like, all right, that's pretty awesome. Like yeah, I, I, I that have that worth. That, like on my wall. Yeah, no, I know. It should be hanging somewhere down there um, in my basement because <laughs> that's where I'm hiding right now for my kids <laughs> virtual school. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was it was a cool project. I always love working with brewers. I, I look at brewers as chefs. I mean, you're talking in your a lot of the things that I you know more so I think than and trust me, I'm going to say something right now that every bitner in the world is probably going to like blow up my phone, but you can get very specific with changing fr- flavor profiles on the fly. You can't yeah. do that with wine, you know, and and so that's you know I I I think that you guys and your understanding of balancing of acid and all that stuff just in this small conversation we're having right now, like it it, it may all make sense to me because this is what I'm thinking of when I'm creating a dish. And so I mean, you very much are a cook. You very much are a chef of beer. So um, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, you know, change your title. <laughs> or not. Like brewers actually more I honestly you guys are cooler than we are. <laughs> I just have to say that. I, to be fair, we have a lot more ingredients at our disposal. We're not just working you with do. wine, we're not just working yeah. with food. You know what I mean? So like the ability to to just take every piece of what we have and more and more coming available every day, you know, between hops, between malt, um, for whatever it may be. And just the better understanding. So, I mean, they're, they're bioengineering yeast these days to bring out. I'm brewing with one today that is, I think, a witch strain by nature. They bioengineered it to take out all the phenolic side of it. So it's just like pure red berry, strawberry, passion fruit kind of like theol based stuff. Like it, it's really cool stuff. So I've never worked with this one before. So we're brewing a West Coast IPA with it. And that was at the suggestion of the yeast provider. And there's just so much that we can do and so much that's our, that is at our disposal that never has been before. Well, that's one of those things that it's, it, it's a nice byproduct of when something becomes popular, there's a lot more money stuck into it. So now that craft beer is the place for so many people to make money off of those types of, uh, that type of research and investments and developing that happens. Like it was a little while ago and maybe we're even seeing the fruits of that labor now because of all the different hop processing and varieties have kind of ramped up lately and it was um actually it was a professor at mount st mary's had told me that like we're on the verge of all kinds of different things happening with hops because of all the research being put into cannabis and that it, it was directly related to a lot of the things you can do with hops. And as cannabis became more and more legal, there was all this money being put into researching all the different ways to extract. And, and then we're seeing that as a byproduct in hops. Yeah, there's a, I mean, I use a product called Incognito and in all of our hazy IPAs pretty much now, all of them. Um, that's, that comes from that industry. It, it's, it's taking it to a flowable at room temperature extract that doesn't lose any of the properties effectively that are good. You know, there's always been bittering extract for that, that can be used for some flavor and aromatic sides of things, but, but it's never really good for that. The stuff is fantastic. It increases yields, it increases the quality of the product. It's not cheap, but it, 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 at the end of the day, it's such a better product that I've bought so much of it. It's not even funny. You know, cryo hops, cryogenically freezing them to get a lot of the vegetative matter out. So now we're, you know, much more more expensive, but you're getting a different character out of hops because of that. Um, you know, and especially in late edition and dry hop phases. So the more aroma forward kind of stuff. And I know there's a lot of stuff coming out of New Zealand this year for the first time that's going to be a lot of fun to play with in terms of, you know, they're really 
working on a lot of the, not to get too like overly nerdy, but the, like the biotransformative properties, you know, what happens with the enzymes during fermentation and what is releasing some of these really positive things that we're looking for in hops. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out of New Zealand this year between, you know, grape production. That's another side of things. It's like the yeast that they're engineering for grapes to produce, you know, specific parts that they want out of fermentation and leaving the bad parts like sulfur behind. Like that's coming into the beer game too now because of that. So before we started recording, Brian, we were talking about how you had done, you had done a beer dinner with, and one of the beers with it was Sam Adams Utopias. Um, which right, yes. people love that beer. But <laughs> I know not, we all talked yeah. about that earlier. <laughs> oh, it, well, no, another thing I did that pissed people off. I was at a beer writing conference down in Loudoun County and someone had a bottle of Utopias and another person had a package of edible glitter. So I poured some Utopias and oh. I mixed it with the glitter and then <laughs> you made Goldschlager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. that was considered to be very it's blasphemous. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um but so do you do you do a lot of beer pairings or uh, yeah or, no, okay we do. um and yeah no i've and and we're doing you know at one of the other restaurants that's or i we're doing a local wednesday um you know pairing and it, it's not just beer it's also um it, it's wine and spirits too but always we work with one producer um, and it's, we're keeping it localized, you know, as much as possible, we're trying to do it within the County. Um, but you know, like this week we're working with old Westminster. So we're kind of going out of the County. Right. So, um, I mean, they're basically but, you know, in Frederick. I mean, that, basically it's like if it's in Maryland, you know, it's kind of like what we're doing right now. Um, and it's been great because, you know, one, we're creative every week because we're, you know, we're pairing, you know, these dishes, we're introducing new product to the restaurants, we're keeping it local. I mean, that was, you know, 12 years ago when I first opened a restaurant here, 13, um, it's been a long time, um, <laughs> you know, that was always, that was always our mission, but we didn't have everything that we have now, right? So, like, it made me rethink, like, over the course of closure, you know, when we were all in quarantine, um, you know, what was it going to be like when we were in these restaurants? You know, what, what were we going to be focused on? And knowing now there's so many others and producers, there's so much at our fingertips. We are, you know, we're a force like, you know, in this region of, of putting out some pretty incredible stuff. And so I want to help celebrate that, you know, um, and, and put that onto our menus. And as you know, we do attract to the restaurants, people from outside the area, sometimes it's their first time trying it. And, and so if we can help do that, that's, you know, makes me, makes me happy. And it keeps, uh, you know, keeps it all, you know, keeps the economy going like for us, you know, in, in our own town. So when you're pairing beer with food, do you look more for like contrasting flavors or just purely complimentary or, or, okay. Yeah. It's either or. So that was the one thing I did pay attention to in wine class in, in culinary <laughs> school. I went to CIA up in Hyde Park and we had this three weeks of wine class and I thought it was cool because I was underage drinking. But it was the only place in America where you're allowed to do it because it was a part of your curriculum. That was, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's so, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, it was very controlled in tasting, you know what I mean? I mean, it was very done really well. Um, but is there someone standing next to you telling you to spit? <laughs> spit yes. <laughs> I think I was already of age. Who knows? I, I went a little bit later, but my, my, you know, we, that's, that's where I, I got my knowledge. And obviously over course of the year working with sommeliers and, you know, and, you know, I, I worked for my mentor, Charlie Palmer was huge in the wine, you know, like, and that's, 
that's where I started to really develop the appreciation of literally pairing ingredients of food to wine. And, and so, yeah, it's either contrasting or complementing. you know, that's the first, that's the first start, you know, so blood orange, blood orange. Okay. Let's go. Let's play off each other. Um, you know, is one going to have a higher acid content to the other, you know, is that something, do I need to balance sweetness on my side in order to complement, you know, his high acid, or do we go head to head, you know, do we go head to head on the acid and then just have an explosion with, which works typically like in first courses, you know, if we're doing like a scallop crudo or something with a aguachile, you know, I might put a lot of acid into, you know, I might want that pairing to be a higher acid pairing because it will complement it and it will draw out the other flavors, like the fattiness of the scallop, which you might overlook. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, it's a lot of tasting, you know, constantly tasting and like, you know, grains of salt, hits of acid, a <laughs> little bit of sweetness here and there spice coming in for, for, for sure. Um, green notes when we're getting into spring, you know, then we're talking about vegetable notes and stuff like, which is really cool. Um, roasted flavors where natural caramelization happens like in onions, you know, like, I mean, we all know beer, onions and cheese and like all of that stuff goes really well together. I mean, I'm chocolate throwing out some simple stuff, but deep caramelized onions, not my cook saying, Oh, like I use my caramelized onions. I'm like, no, you got 45 more minutes to draw that out. And so that's the difference of like taking an ingredient just a little bit further to make the pairing work. There are many reasons why I've chosen District East for where I purchase beer. I love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap. The friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand. You can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. So actually, I don't think we ever went fully to to saying this part of it, but so when when this beer is available this Saturday, which is the fifteenth, it'll be available mm -hmm. at Showroom um, yeah. in Frederick. Right behind Showroom is District East, uh, one of the sponsors mm -hmm. of this podcast, and great one. Uh, actually, I'm not even gonna say one of it is the best beer store in Frederick, and at Four Score Beer up in Gettysburg. They will um, have this uh, dessert available too. Like Ben, you're going to have like sample size ones right. there to, uh, for sale, and then obviously at showroom you can get the actual dessert that is 
the inspiration of this beer yeah so we're sending you up tastings um this weekend right and so we're launching which i think is you know pretty awesome and it's all cohesively happening all at the same time which i think is a lot of fun so um you know we're gonna run it um we're gonna run until it runs out but i mean we're gonna we're gonna run it for quite a while um you know during the entire month of may and probably into june even as long as supplies last um this pairing and so we're gonna offer it because you know traditionally you might not like go through a full meal and then be like all right cool let me finish with a whole you know beer at the end so we we are we will be doing um an offering you know half pours for tables and stuff like that so it's going to be a really cool um you know process um you know of, of getting this pairing out there to people and letting them try it um which i think is cool and you know we can also do it to go from the restaurant as well um you know obviously you know unopened but um i'll, I'll let you deal with the legal stuff over there but yes <laughs> uh, so so yeah i mean we you know if 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 you know somebody wants to take that with them we can package it up to go to as well and they can enjoy it at home but um it this is a fun launch you know this is going to be great um you know we haven't done you know typically we've done beer dinners right where i've peered you know paired along the way you know or maybe we've done like one dish and i've always thought of it you know ironically from the savory side you know i've never other than that utopia's dinner that we did like, that was back in 2004 <laughs> um i just did a dessert with that yeah i know you just jumped on so we were talking about it earlier and um you know it, this is my first time doing it very specific to a, to a dessert which i'm really excited about because um not only are we starting to see like you said like these beers really coming available um and these new flavor profiles but i i, I like to end the meal with a beer too you know like why not you know especially something that's going to be you know super indulgent like you said and super satisfying and really rich and creamy i think it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, what is your favorite beer and food pairing? Mine? Yeah. Beer and crabs, man. Okay. A Maryland guy. <laughs> beer and crabs. What else would there be? <laughs> See, I think I think maybe I'm There's I'm not nothing better. Nothing I, better than that. I love Maryland, but I, I guess I still haven't been fully made into a Marylander because I don't like I like I like crab. <laughs> okay. But I hate like I, I will never do the, the city, whole... sitting around picking crabs oh, and man. like I want someone right. else to do that work for me. <laughs> well, even a great beer and a crab cake sandwich is fantastic. Yes, you know? I can one hundred percent about it's the saltiness from you. Let's just talk about it. Really, it's Old Bay, okay? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's Old Bay and beer. <laughs> That's what works. So we put Old Bay all over French fries and malt vinegar, right? You know, like the boardwalk style thing. That and a beer is fantastic as well. So just saying. Yeah. Oh, Saltiness, or, uh, savoriness. A beer in Old Bay Wings, like a nice IPA yeah, and some Old go. Bay Wings. I love right. that. So now we've really gotten down to the root of the pairing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really it's just you, you need some beer in yeah. Old Bay. And... <laughs> well, it's also, it's like we're, we're just like on the cusp of the season, right? It's like just starting right now. And so that's what's on my mind. And I think very seasonally, had you asked me this question in November, it would be something completely different. You know, it just then it would be short ribs in a, in, a, in a, you know, in a porter. Right. You know what I mean? Like then I'd be all about like rich flavors and sweet spice and like, you know, something completely different. So what style of beer do you do you prefer with your crab or just whatever you're putting Old Bay on? Um, hmm. Me, I'm, I'm a 
straight up like just crushable like pilsner lager kind of deal you know what i mean like something super simple where it's just you know low abv so i'm gonna have a few yeah. <laughs> you know not a lot of allergy stuff in it <laughs> just like a straight up good old beer I love the old school IPA, like actually bitter, hoppy yeah. IPA mixed with spicy food. Yeah, that's I, I like that too as well. Especially if you're going to be using a lot of hot sauce in it. Um, you know, I I when I when I do my crab butter, and this is you know for my wife, she's going to introduce me to this. It's you know malt vinegar or like some sort of like flavored vinegar, sometimes ramp vinegar. I know it sounds fancy, but we get it. Um, beer. And then butter together that mixture then you dip the crab in huh. so typically what i try to do is pair to that first then the crab is just a vehicle for all the flavor right? okay i don't know if they still make it brewers art made uh a four and a half percent saison called chop tank um i used to crush. i do remember that that mm -hmm. was, crab was like my favorite beer. Mm -hmm. like one time i'd go get grab a case of that and sit down all day and yeah that, that yeah. was oh that's memories right there <laughs> i know right have That's you made awesome. Have you made a cold IPA yet, Ben? What's a cold IPA? Like, <laughs> are you talking that, about an IPL, like a hoppy lager? Yeah, one. Well, that's not the cool name any longer, Ben. It is now a cold IPA. Is that really? Is that going to be a thing? I is swear. That thing coming yes, it is. Has been happening. It, I've seen it popping up, like, but I I don't know how it's got. Like, IPLs, hobby yeah. loggers been around forever. So yeah. if you want to market it as something different, awesome. But now they're called cold IPAs because you just slap. I mean, I think IPA has almost become just like you could translate it to beer. Like that's just kind of what the term IPA yeah. at this point has become. <laughs> but yeah, so a cold IPA is uh, India Pale Lager, so more or can, less. So explain it. So is this is this something where you're you're cold hopping? Is that what you're doing at the end? No, it's like literally it's just because it's a lagered beer that's hopped like an IPA. Because it's lagered and it's hopped yeah. like an IPA. Okay, and yeah. hopped like an IPA. Okay, Probably dry hop to colder temperatures, which is happening a lot now. Anyway. Right. So is it? Yeah. So is there an, is curious on that because you know obviously sometimes you have to cook ingredients in order to make sure that they become you know stable right i'm not talking but so is there a concern with that or or is there a process that you do i'm just curious this is just me yeah. now as a chef like just curious how, how you do that i think if you know your ingredients um specifically in this case it's yeast uh you know yeah. what you're supposed to do there's kind of standards for that and there's all kinds of calculations can happen that give you an idea um and then it's just right. checking the process you know when you have an expected mm -hmm. final gravity that you're supposed to hit of that right. beer you check it you make sure it's stable before you do anything else it's got stable. it okay that's easy okay yeah. yeah i i only learned that there was such a thing um like maybe a month or so ago it was i and it, it was like i'd never heard of it yeah it's and a then, new, new terms to me and then sure. two like times I, in I one day like i like the, the term was brought yeah. up to me so i'm, I'm bringing a rice log that are you that up from Ooh. Germany called Monroe, and it's supposed to be like all red berries. It's named after Marilyn Monroe, supposedly. It just sounded really interesting, and I thought it'd be a good summer beer. So I guess that kind of fits that vein because it's going to mm -hmm. be relatively hopped and dry hopped, but it's only going to be like a four point four point three percent or some little guy. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe. <laughs> I mean, just call it a rice IPA. 
<laughs> and, and you'll probably sell it twice as fast. Yes, you will. longer, hundred percent, you will. Because <laughs> like the first time I heard of it was because Full Tilt is coming out with a beer that the label. Do you know the Steve Crowder meme where it's like something, something, something changed my mind, and so it has that drawn with one of their characters. It like <laughs> sitting back, and the sign says, "Cold IPAs are just IPLs." Changed my mind. <laughs> Um, so this is going to be on a on a every shelf near you kind of thing for the summer is that what's going to happen next i don't don't know because the no i think or cold ipas is that what you mean yeah i don't know because ipls ipas yeah i have i haven't heard well ipls crashed and burned people kept trying to make that happen and then it never did didn't work but yeah. I mean, this could I've never be, seen, I've never seen that term. So this could be a classic like thing of where something that was not at all liked gets a rebranding and then all of a sudden it becomes really popular. Mm-hmm. So it may yeah. be, I don't know. I, at this point, it's still only two different breweries that have like mentioned it to me. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. know who started it or where it came from. So I, I guess time will tell. I assume with everything showing back up to in terms of like people being able to be out now, I think that yeah. tank times are going to be questionable for folks. I think the logger game's going to change a little bit for a little while. So I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of places to try it, but you know, I don't, I don't foresee a world where that like catches hold again. What do you want to brew next? What do I want to brew next? Um, I'm working. I always on... I always get asked what I'm gonna cook next, so I'm throwing that on you now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a summer logger. Um, yeah, I, I'm figuring out something out. I, I got an idea in my head. I'm doing some work with uh, the guys at Monument City in Baltimore soon, and mm-hmm. I, I think I got a really good project in terms of like a good refreshing. I don't want to say fruited summer logger, but like just some concepts to play around with. Like you know, I, I'm going a lot of cocktail inspired things right now, so like. Cool. We can get something like Paloma based or something like that. You know, I think nice. would be like just crushable, just enjoyable for everybody. So mm-hmm. thinking about things like that these days, I got you know a similar series coming out soon that's completely cocktail based. It's gonna be similar to the beer we're making, um, just higher ABV kind of sort of thing, but just mm-hmm. mixing all kinds of fruits, doing some playing off some tiki cocktails and fun stuff like that. So just trying to draw inspiration from different places and that's kind cool. of keep unique and interesting and just a little different. I've never even looked at it that way. And I think that that's a very interesting possibility, you know, of a trend of like going that direction, like taking super classic cocktails and and, and using it for the profiles for the beer. You know, I imagine an old fashioned being something that could happen. Yeah. I imagine a gin and tonic with seltzer happening. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, I think it's pretty cool. I I think that's, that's untapped uncapped possibilities <laughs> <laughs> wow man i just said that in that's such a dad joke um uh, it's perfect though yeah <laughs> so what um what which category do you prefer spirits wine or beer me yeah like what what do you enjoy well, more in of? this setting in this <laughs> setting it's gonna be beer well i mean i like i i i, I I drink it's, bourbon all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Ben Ben hates yeah, beer. <laughs> right. So, you know what's so funny? So, a really a good friend of mine, he's Master Sommelier, right? Um, he was the youngest to ever get it at one point. So, he's I, I worked with him years ago. I opened Charlie Palmer Steak with him. Um, he helped me with Range, a restaurant I had at one point. So, Keith Golson, 
he, you know, drinks the most incredible wine, like from out the entire plane, you know, all over the world. Right. At the end of the shift, he drinks beer, you know, <laughs> like just, you, it's just, you know, once you've had, you know, too much of one and it's time to go another. So I think that seasonally I drink, you know, like I, you know, everybody does that, right. You kind of have your thing over the course of the year. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a beer guy, you know, I, I, I that's, that's my deal. I, I really am. Um, I, I, I have to say that, you know, I, I love and I enjoy craft cocktails. I am a bourbon guy too, um, for sure. And, and I love my beer. What's your go-to? Do you have like a, like just a go-to beer that you always have around or is it a never changing? Um, it's ever changing. So I, I do have to say, cause you know, I, I mean, there's the selections are incredible right now. Um, yeah, like I, know, they're, like, they're so, I think that that question yeah. is so invalid nowadays. Like maybe it, eight it really years is. ago, I could have answered that question, but I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a beer that I had maybe even once before. <laughs> right. I mean, I have you know, Hank is in my refrigerator right now. That's um, a great beer. Uh, let's see. I had. Um, uh, I got a couple Zen Masters in there. Uh, from this guy. I got uh, I got some Flying Dog, um, uh, the uh, you know Thunder Peel. You know I love that. It's fantastic. It, it just it changes. You know it changes. It's like really like when I go to the store, I'm like, all right, what am I gonna try next? Um, and and or it's going to be like, what am I having for dinner? Or like, are we gonna grill this again? Like, so I, I'll buy to that. Like that's that's definitely something I think about. Um, did you, you know, like Zen Master? I did. Yeah, no, I, I did. I haven't I, tried I like, it because I hate matcha. I yeah, I know, and I was I was a little worried at first because again, like a lot of the times you're like, but no, it's 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 super subtle with the matcha. It's great. It's fantastic. I um, need to try I, that. I then. really liked it. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I was worried because we actually paired with that, um, and I did a, a dish with lamb, and I got some spruce tips. So like when in springtime, you know, I, I'm the idiot that goes around to all of your yards and I'm there taking off all of the little lime green <laughs> spruce tips off of your trees because you can cook with those. <laughs> um, and so I, I put that in, fuse that into the sauce, which I thought, even though it's not tea, it's just it brought this like heavy, sprucey sort of juniper sort of flavor to it, which I thought, you know, because it was a, you know, a slightly bitter, you know, beer, but I, I, it was, I thought it was a great pairing, you know, it worked really well. Um so those kind of things, like I, I'm, I'm, I typically look for. Um, what else? And there might be some Miller Light in the refrigerator. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's always the yellow. Yeah. Always. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know. Highlight. I was just gonna say there, there's no we, shame we, in that because I, I camp, man. Like we go camping. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, this is like campfire beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. A lot yeah. of brewers <laughs> list High Life as their favorite beer. Yes, yes, 100%, <laughs> right? You know, I, I agree. Like, I, I can't even... Believe it. I believe in high life. <laughs> yeah, like, I I, the, the number of brewers have told me they were going camping to just sit back and drink a bunch of high life. Like, the number right. of times I've heard that is kind of absurd. And Ben has well, been you know, one now, of those... Now I feel now I feel cool. Now I feel I'm yeah. in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, there's, you don't have to drink it in shame anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Well, it's great, but also, but also a beer that just you know, uh, you 
from hot dogs to whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It works with everything. I mean, oh, man. you don't have to sit there and think about it. It's just like yeah. one of those things. There's no dissecting it. There's no thinking. There's mm-hmm. nothing. It's just enjoyment. And that, that, I mean, like for me, like a lot of times when I, I crack someone else's beer open, like I, number one, I don't like to drink my own beer for some reason. I just don't. Right. Number two, like when I crack someone else's beer open, it's hard for me not to sit there and, and, and think about process and dissect it. And it just takes the enjoyment factor away from a lot of it or try to think how I could replicate it in my own way, whatever it may be. Like there's just very little enjoyment that comes with that. And that's kind of what, you know, the intent to me of beer is, is, is that little relaxation that kind of taken away from things, taken away from like every day. So being able to sit there and just enjoy without thinking with just like a good quality, easy, nothing going on. That's highlight Modelo, you know, Pacifico. Right. Something yeah. Highlight Modelo. Yeah. <laughs> if you're that's feeling fancy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's the difference yeah. of like, you know, for me, if I'm layering a lot of spice, like super spicy stuff, then I'm, I'm Modelo. So, you know what I mean? Just, you know, like if I'm going root and cooking um you know if i'm obey other side it's the highlight right you know yeah. that's the way it works but um you bring up something good like i don't know if i'm going off on a weird tangent or not but like you know thinking about the street profile like wine spirits beer celebratory wine champagne celebratory uh spirits shots no not my thing uh beer though like getting around like a bunch of friends like hanging out backyard like that's a day you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's to me, I don't know why, like it feels different. Like that's why, like, I, I feel like you can organize an event around beer. Right. Oh, <laughs> like, without a doubt. Like, like my group, so of, my group of friends, out, like the text message yeah. of, just Hey, let's, fire, yeah, like beer, ex- that's exactly like, what I was going to say. Let's sit around the fire pit tonight and have some beer. Right. And, and it doesn't matter yes. what kind. <laughs> right. yeah. No, it, it's cultural. It's a social thing. There's no stickers yeah. to it whatsoever. It's just like, it's just yeah. enjoyable. It's, you know, you know, nothing fancy or it can be, but I mean, like at the end of the day, like it, it, it's, I kind of guess like who we are culturally in a lot of ways. And it's kind of tied to that, you know, when you're going out, you're having beers, et cetera, you're staying home, inviting some friends over, you're having beers. So it's, I, I think it's just the fun part. And, you know, like I'm sitting in the tap room right now. And one reason we built this tap room the way we did was we want that environment to hang out, have beers. This is community. Um, this right. is when you have friends come into town. This is where you meet them. So, like, I think, like, beer is, is based around that, and I think it's a, a big building block of who we are culturally. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. I'm not taking away from the fact you can celebrate with the other stuff. I mean, don't yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But the fire pit the fire pit will be lit at 730. I'll see you guys later on, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever sabred a champagne bottle? I have, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I, um, so... I've savored... I've, I've I've savored uh, I think I've savored a 750 of backyard too, I did. I, so I say I've savored beer. Yeah, so have I, and it was only because I became obsessed with the idea of sabering. <laughs> and right. um, I have an official, like I have a guy who sent me one, and uh, I was like, "What do I do with this?" I used, <laughs> and so, uh, then I started using it. I used I an unsharpened bayonet, uh, and I said, "Yeah." And <laughs> Sounds I, dangerous. I, sa- I sabered a <laughs> bottle of beer that Ben had given me <laughs> for the first time, really? and now I a- and I, I recently recorded a podcast with Sane Lamprey who at one time held the – it wasn't an official world record because there was a bunch of things that went wrong, so Guinness didn't certify it. But at one of the Super Bowls, Mark Cuban had sponsored for him to d- try to break the world record, and he held it. So I challenged him when he comes to Baltimore for his comedy tour to a, a sabering race. 
Um, he he really? he said he would do it. I don't know if we'll actually make it happen, but I need to start practicing. Um, and yes, I found you that do. you can That's pretty awesome. much saver any glass bottle. So I think I'm just going to find a yeah, bunch of 12 ounces. You just follow, you just follow yeah. the seam. That's it. And then just like one one straight motion. That's it. And you're done. Yeah, I have a machete. I've been practicing saber, on. Saber practice around the around the campfire. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get her done. It's the only way I open a bottle now. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. You know, you just carry that thing around your back pocket yeah. and pull it out whenever you need it. I, th- I think uh, Maryland has laws against that, but I mean, I guess I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of places have laws against carrying around a bayonet. <laughs> just saying. All right. Um, well, I guess let's do a rundown real quick. So it's um, district East opens at 10 a.m. on Saturday. What time does four score open? 11, 11. Um, sometimes we do the releases at 10 on the side. I, I haven't even talked logistically with the guys this week. I assume we are though. So um, garage, we do 10 o'clock. Today. Follow, we eight, but you probably don't want to do a, a, a beer and a dessert pairing at eight in the morning, but it will be available <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there shortly after going into the lunch session, which you know, we, we, did, we did a similar thing with an ice cream, a local ice cream maker up here. Not too long ago. Did you? We had yeah. people in line for it. Hey. Oh, I bet you did, man. <laughs> That's good. And I expect the same for for this weekend. It's gonna Absolutely. be it's gonna be a good one. I can't wait for the release. It's gonna be awesome. Does showroom use goat milk in the oatmeal? In the oatmeal? Yeah. Goat milk? No. Okay, no, good. Not right now. Well, because when it when it used to be family meal, I would go there all the time, and I loved yeah. the oatmeal. And then you switched to using goat milk, and I didn't like it anymore. But like, thankfully, yeah, the, no. Thankfully, the breakfast sandwiches and omelets are amazing, also. Yes. So I would switch to those. Yes, they but, are. Got um, it. <laughs> no but goat I really, milk in the oatmeal. <laughs> okay, good. I can go back to getting oatmeal. <laughs> oatmeal. Goat meal. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but the goat milk did not. I mean, I'm sure people <laughs> liked it because it. it stayed that way for a while. But I, I just can't do goat anything. Yeah. No, I got, I <laughs> so, starting at some at various times on saturday look at social media it'll tell you everywhere yeah so um, yeah we'll, we'll open at noon i mean for lunch i mean you know 11 30 or so you know what i mean it's really starting to be available to dessert menu so um and it'll run all all day but then you know for us it's going to be available then obviously until we uh we've served the last the last can so we're going to continue to to offer this promotion throughout the month of of may um you know, hopefully for, you know, sales and, and, you know, obviously the, the excitement that, you know, maybe we're going into something new over the summer. <laughs> we'll see. But, so, uh, but this is immediately going to be available starting on Saturday. Um, I probably should have found this out before recording. Uh, but do you have any idea if district East is going to be selling the sample sizes of the desserts too, or just they the beer? will have them. Yes. Yeah. So ah, we are setting someone... aside some for district <laughs> East. Uh, most are going up to, up, up to four score. And then we're taking, um, the, uh, the, we're just doing the, the actual dessert okay. at, at showroom. So, um, you know, ours will be the full size portion dessert pairing with the beer. Perfect. Um, and, and so the sample, the sample bites, I mean, it's still, it's going to be a, you know, pretty substantial tart. I mean, yeah. it's going to be pretty fun. Um, you know, so it'll, it'll be the blood orange tart with the toast of meringue and the, the coconut flavor. So it's going to be, I think an incredible couple bite, you know, pairing with that beer. Um, I look forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, and only because I feel like I can't talk about toasted coconut, coconut without bringing this up. Nick Fertig, one of the founders of full tilt once, 
I can't remember how many pounds it was uh, toasted himself. Um, it wasn't more than 150. I, it was a lot because, well, they <laughs> they brewed uh, like really large batches at wow. uh, when they were contract brewing. No, I, I bet. I, I and bet they did, yeah. he toasted hundreds of pounds, I think, of coconut himself in his in oh, his no. kitchen and then oh, learned no. that you could just buy it. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> you're you're welcome, work. Nick. <laughs> uh, that's that sounds like a chef. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I will toast my own coconut. Like, <laughs> I'm toasted to to 300. And I'm a, you know my oven's gonna be at 396 and a half degrees while I'm yeah. toasting it. <laughs> yeah, you so. people at 397 don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, and to find Brian personally, you're at Brian Voltaggio everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep it simple. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, uh, guys. Thank you for being a part of this beer. I uh, can't wait to try it and try it with the dessert. And w- will you be out on Saturday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to kick it off on Saturday. Um, you know, it'll be available all weekend. And then, you know, going into the next week. So, you know, anybody who's, you know, obviously tuned in and watching this, if you can't get out this weekend, come see us next week. We're, we're going to have the pairing um, throughout the entire month. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.